It is the L-E-F-K-O-E, man, and you are listening to the sweetest sounds, the sultry tones, the boisterous boys, the Joint Practices Podcast. Get it, fellas. Yo, welcome to the Joint Practices Podcast, the podcast for fans, by fans, This is episode 48. This is our week three preview show. I am your host, Sean Lamont, on Twitter at 11thegoat. My co-host tonight, Mr. Super Sticky Steve Knox, my buddy from another muddy. At the Knox says. Yes. On the Twitter bird. How you doing, Soupy? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good about this week. That's for sure. Um... I think Vikings Packers week always a toss up. Don't know how to feel about your team. Uh, I know Roy at work asked me right before he left on Sunday. He was like, well, "How do you feel about the Vikings? Are they gonna win today?" And I was like, "It's in Lambo, bud. I I wouldn't pick the Vikings in Lambo uh, if I was a betting man." So turned out I was correct. But uh, hey, was. we got the Raiders this week coming in to Minnesota, so. Um, this is an interesting week because it's like, oh, yeah, we got this. But I thought that a couple times last year and didn't quite pan out for us. So uh, we'll see. Shiver me timbers. That's what Batman says. Hey, let's talk like a pirate day tomorrow with Obachan Hardware if you go. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being completely serious, too. You said That's that, awesome. but I got an email earlier today. So you get a 10% discount if you go in and talk like a pirate. Shout out to Obachan Hardware. I walk like a pirate. Dun, 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 dun. Hello, hey. Captain Pirate. Oh, I gotta make a drop out of that. <laughs> I still have that video. <laughs> no, but you'll notice it's just me and Soupy tonight because our buddy, my brother, Mr. Stephen Lamont, is still with his baby girl, enjoying that time. And I hope they're all happy and sleeping well. Yeah, sleep is tough to come by, little baby. So, Steven has sent me his picks for the pick'em later. Um, we will just preview the Broncos Packers for him and just say the stuff he would say, just more intelligently. Ooh. Got you, Teeps. All right. Before we get into the previews, let's uh, talk about injuries because if you hadn't heard, the Philadelphia Eagles are injured. A lot. Last year, they were the most injured team in the league. And we talked about it on the recap show on episode 47 about how Goddard went down before the game even started. Alshon, Deshaun. Well, it come to find out Alshon is going to be out for the next two weeks. That's the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. Not ideal. You find out later... Deshaun Jackson is out for the next two weeks. Lions, Packers, not good at all. Goddard's status is unknown, so I don't know if it's a game-by-game, is it going to flare up type of injury. So he's unknown. And then the worst news, in my opinion, is Timmy Jernigan was seen leaving the stadium in a walking boot. and Nobody knows like when he got hurt or how. So... Determined broken bone in his foot. He's out six to eight weeks. If you listen to the show, you might remember last week when I said, it's now time for Timmy Jernigan to step up since Malik Jackson has a foot injury and is out for the year. I swear. How bizarre. Defensive tackle next to Fletcher Cox is cursed. Yeah, it's, uh, when I saw the, the news about Jernigan, I was like, well, shit like this is exactly what you don't want to see because you get a defensive tackle hurt gonna miss some time and now another defensive tackle um that's rough but yep and you, you know i what? mean you can tell fletcher cox is still you know not 100 percent from his off-season surgery mm. so the what we once thought was a strength and the deepest position on this team is a little nerve-wracking right now because outside of Fletcher Cox, you have Hassan Ridgeway and the guy they just signed from Miami last week, 
I accidentally called him Noah Spence on, I think it was episode 46. His name is Akeem Spence. I don't know who Noah Spence is. He's probably another <laughs> football player. But yeah, he must have been thinking of something else. I must have been thinking of something else. It's okay. I liked what I saw from Ridgeway, though, uh, in the Falcons game. So, you know, time for the next guy to step up. And it's what these rosters are all about, you know. Yep. You hate to see th- this many injuries all at once, but at least, just you know, most of them are short. They're going to have to play that game almost like the offense has to play with putting guys in other positions. Um, they literally have been putting in plays that have Sproles playing a wide receiver just in case for the future. Because they Not were one option. more injury away from Sproles playing wide receiver. When we talked about the uh, the Browns and Jets game, uh, you know, them being on their third string quarterback and suddenly they're in a position where, you know, they're asking Adam Gase, who's your emergency quarterback? And he's like, number 26. Like, you're ready to run the Wildcat. Like, type of, <laughs> you know, that these are situations you never want to be in, but, you know, they're, they're prepared, worst case scenario, like what they're going to do. Um, but yeah, it, it's terrible timing as far as who their opponents are uh, when these injuries happen. Because, you know, especially the Packers and Eagles game for me, like, I think those are two teams that are, you know, potential um, matchups for uh, for the playoffs. So to to see like a depleted Eagles team play the Packers, it's kind of disheartening. Just because you're like, oh well, this could be a potential preview for a playoff game, and you'd hope that it's just amazing. So that's something to look forward to. But yeah, bad timing for the Eagles. But you know. You're hoping, you're hoping for the best. And uh, Packers injury news. They have placed Raven Green on the IR. Sounds like he's done for the year, which sucks. I believe he had a pretty nasty-looking knee injury against the Vikings. Um, because we're recording this on Tuesday, we don't have a lot of uh, the injury report for the Packers, the Browns haven't put one out yet. No, um, the Vikings isn't out yet either. Yeah, I think the only reason the Eagles one came out when it did is because so many guys are hurt, hurt. Right. That 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 information, I'm sure the Vikings media is not like, hey, where's the injury report? Yeah, because obviously, you know, these guys are talking to, uh, to Dougie. And they're like, hey, you know. What's this guy's status? What's that guy's status? Like, we know that they missed some time in the game. So, that's where you get those those updates early in the week for some of these teams that, uh, you know, the, the higher-profile guys go down. But Minnesota had 10 guys on the injury report uh, last week. Seven of those 10 guys played in the game. So, yeah. I think we'll be in a similar situation now where it's just kind of nagging injuries. It's, it's football stuff, you know. Yeah, you see silly stuff through. they have to list. Yeah. It's like, oh, well, he got treatment on his knee this week, so he's got a knee, but he's going to play. Probable. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Uh, What the hell is the guy's name? Who's the guy that did the impression of John Madden? Caliendo? Yeah, Frank Caliendo. And uh, he was on one of those late night shows, and they were asking him about the, uh, him as John Madden, asking about the uh, injury reports. They're like, what does probable mean? He's like, well, probable is like, the chance you'll ever ask me that question again. <laughs> Great. Like, I just love how, like, some of these doubtful, you know, probable, kind of, sort of, maybe. Like, you never know. But, yeah, I'd expect a lot of the same from the Vikings. Just listing uh, things that guys are getting treatment for. You probably won't see Elfline, Hughes, and Doxon. I'm Doxon's on IR, so... Yeah, I'd, I'd say those three guys probably not going to play this week versus the uh, the Raiders, but everybody else should be a go. Oh, riggedy, 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 right, right. One thing I didn't bring up on episode 47, if you've listened to that, that I wanted to bring up was, since we're talking about the injuries, is, like, should there be a concern with the Eagles medical staff? Uh, th- three years ago, I think it was, they fired the medical staff, and brought in the current staff. Well, in those two, last year and the beginning of this year, the Eagles are already up there in the most injured team. They were last year, 
they're you know getting up there now you know should there be something done about the medical staff like can you replace them mid-season is that a thing i mean i don't see why you couldn't but then again you know a lot i mean a lot of these injuries are like soft tissue stuff where it's all you have to do is make one bad step you know going full speed as anybody would like if you're if you're out there just running as fast as you can and you like trying to juke a guy or whatever it's not necessarily on the medical staff it's uh you know just it is what it is okay okay you don't have to yell (laughs) (laughs) see you james i hope you're enjoying this episode and i hope luna is enjoying this episode too because right now we're going to talk about the Green Bay Packers. Those are my Packers, the blue ones. <laughs> Great money. Is Uncle Sean watching the Eagle Packers? <laughs> I love it. That's my kid. It's just, Dada, you watching football hockey? <laughs> oh, I, I football can't, hockey. Di- can't disagree with you. Yes, I am watching football hockey. All right. The Denver Broncos. Joe Flacco and the old folks home are coming to visit Lambeau. (laughs) Joe Flacco takes the field with his walker, which he hands to Vic Fangio, the head coach of the Denver Broncos. The most exciting part of this matchup for me is the Broncos defense against the Packers offense. Nope. Reverse that. (laughs) Right that. Reverse it. Packers defense against the Broncos offense because I want to see how the Packers defense handles this rejuvenated Emmanuel Sanders. The guy is coming back from an injury they said no person has done before. And he's having like a career year. He's catching everything. He's getting open. The Packers secondary is pretty decent. I mean, Jair Alexander and Kevin King... Sometimes I wonder how they're not better, the Packers as a whole. I mean, they gave up three points to Mitch. You can't play football. Yeah, they gave uh, Kirk Cousins fits. They gave and Kirk Cousins fits. If they can just be consistent. Decent. Decent, decent even. <laughs> like, not even yeah, consistent, just decent. If they can just wipe out the boneheaded plays, you know, where, you know, we're going to happen when the young guys kind of forget the assignment or, you know, mishear a word in the huddle, whatever it happens to be. But just those young guys on Emmanuel Sanders, who's a seasoned vet, he's got so much to prove, and he's playing like his ass is on fire. That's the matchup I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah, Um, same thing. For me, this is uh, a game in Lambeau. So Green Bay hosting the Broncos. Uh, You were saying Emmanuel Sanders... Has had a good season so far. 16 catches, 184, and two touchdowns. So, you know, if you're catching eight balls, about 100 yards, and a touchdown a game, that's pretty good. So that should be the focus as far as Green Bay's defense is concerned is, well, let's not let him do that against us. Um, Flacco has been okay so far this year. He's basically what he was in Baltimore. Uh, and especially like the last couple of years he was in Baltimore where it's just a struggle. Like he just, he just he lives and dies by the deep ball. Yeah, exactly. Like he'll complete those little dink and dunk passes here and there. And then they'll call, you know, something over the top and they're hoping it, you know, he can cash in on it. Um, but to me, he hasn't been anything that's that exciting. And I don't think that the Packers or Packers fans should be concerned about. I mean, we'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, I think from a defensive perspective, can you shut down Emmanuel Sanders? And then on the other side of the ball is just protect Aaron Rodgers from these guys that can rush the passer. Uh, that's simple as that. You, you know, pass protect. Keep Vaughn it, Miller busy. Yep, keep him busy and, you know, use Aaron Jones uh, in a way to keep him honest. Because if you can set up early on, you know, some sort of a system to make sure he can't just come at Aaron Rodgers whenever he wants. Easy win. I just hope they don't overlook the Broncos. 
I mean, not that the Eagles coming in half the team on crutches is going to scare the Packers, but I can see a scenario where they kind of overlook the Broncos, you know, and they're focusing on stopping the Eagles. You know, they're kind of peeking ahead just a little bit too much, and the Broncos give them a scare. Yeah, I mean, then it could happen. Um, I think, like you were saying, with Big Fangio now having this team 0-2, well, suddenly you start thinking about, all right, my job might be in jeopardy here if this keeps going in this direction. So maybe he comes up with something different. Maybe he sees something in the tape that uh, the tape of the Packers, uh, especially defensively. Offensively, I mean, the Broncos' defense isn't bad, and they have the potential to slow. You know, I mean, Aaron they got Von Miller, so yeah. So we've seen the way that Khalil Mack can wreak havoc on. Uh, this this Packers offense, but I think you know if you're gonna have a chance to beat the Packers this week, they have to find something on tape that the uh, the Packers are doing defensively that they can take advantage of. And beyond that, I mean, look, every time you play an elite quarterback in this league, you hope to slow him down, but the likelihood that it happens is you know. Few and far between, so that's their only chances to uh, go ahead and uh, find something that they can take advantage of in uh, in Green Bay's offense and uh, put up the same amount of points that Aaron Rodgers can. And I think they can, the only hope these Broncos have is to try to follow what Minnesota did in the second half with ball control and running the ball. You give Aaron Rodgers a limited amount of possessions and you the Packers have been susceptible to the run recently you get the run I mean I don't think they have the horses to do it but in theory if the Broncos could get the run game going and keep Rodgers off the field that would be their best chance to beat them yeah and then again it, it all comes back to the defense though too because anytime that Rodgers has the ball in his hands. There's the potential for some points to be put on the board. So um, it's tough when you don't have, like, I don't know. Denver's defense has been pretty damn good, you know, over, like, the last five, six years. But I don't think they're quite there anymore. And so if you don't have that, you know, defensive-minded coach who makes those adjustments to – you know, like the Vikings did, shutting down Aaron Rodgers basically the last three quarters of the game. You know, it's tough. It's it's really difficult because even then, well, he lit them up in the first quarter, so that's all they needed to win the game. The defense is far improved for Green Bay. So it's going to be tough for, for Denver. We'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, I mean, real scary to say that I think Green Bay is going to be 3-0 and after this week. All right, Soupy. Well, let's go to Philadelphia. Philadelphia. Fluffle, fluffin, flumpy. Gobert, Gobert, Gobert. <laughs> All right, Philadelphia Eagles, half in a sling, broken dinglings, <laughs> are Yo taking hang on. Dang <laughs> welcoming in the Detroit Lions, Matt Patricia in the pencil behind his ear. Man, this is going to be rough. The Eagles today recalled Alex Ellis from the practice squad. He's a tight end. Um, hoping Dallas Goddard can go because he's going to be a big weapon for Carson with all these limitations with Deshaun and Alshon out. So Doug's going to have to game plan with Goddard and without him just in case or if he goes down. So I'm glad they got Alex Ellis up because the, now they can still run the two tight end sets. Obviously, Alex Ellis is not going to be as much of a passing threat as Goddard is when he's on the field. But still, the formation itself is going to help out so much. I wish I had the tweet in front of me I saw on the way home or before I left work tonight because it said something about the Eagles Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard and Sproles, their yards per carry 
uh, out of what is it, eleven personnel, and it was like two point two for each of them. And then in twelve personnel, it was uh, seven point seven, I think, for Miles, and over eight for Jordan Howard. So if they're gonna, yeah. this was a run the uh, ball like, productively. They need that second tight end. Yeah, for me, like their their production from their backs is gonna be huge, just because of the injuries. Um, obviously, you look for. You know, whether it's uh whether it's Zach Ertz, whether it's you know Aguilar, some of the guys that have been here for a while, to to go ahead and step up and make a difference. I think and catch them, the ball. Yeah, them utilizing those backs in a positive manner is gonna uh, make the difference in this game. And for me, just I feel like I don't see Jordan Howard as often as I should. He has 14 carries in the first two weeks. I expected a lot more when they traded for him, to be honest. Um, but with those 14 carries, he's still the leading rusher on the team. Yeah. So once again, I feel like I should see him more. I like what I see from Miles Sanders, but I would hope that they would place you know, their trust in the veteran before the rookie. So ex- especially situationally. Like, yeah. on those third and second and shorts and... Howard should be the one in there bruising those tough yards. Yeah, without a doubt. And even then, um, you know, going up against Matt Patricia, who's a, a very defensive-minded coach, I'd like to see them have Howard out there sometimes when they're uh, setting up pass plays to the, the running backs. Just because it keeps him guessing. Because normally when he's in there, you know, it is those short-down situations. Um, you know, you're second and two, second and one, whatever it is. Um, but for them to just mix him in, and I'm sure Doug's going to come up with some crazy scheme this week, but yeah, I, I would like to see them kind of mix him in and get him involved in the pass game to kind of try to keep uh, Detroit on their toes because the defense has actually been pretty damn good so far other than getting lit up by Kyler Murray. That's what I was going to say now. Fuck. <laughs> uh, pulling a Steven from last week. I am pulling a Steven. Holy crap. Well, while you uh, regather your thoughts, I'll, I'll go ahead and just say for me, uh, the Eagles defense just, can you slow down Kenny Galladay? Because this boy has been uh, killing it out on the edge so far these first couple weeks. Thank you, Steven, for not playing him in our fantasy matchup. Help me win the game. Uh, but you know Stafford just going to go out there and throw the ball 30, 40 times this game. It's just what they do. Um, pay the guy a lot of money. Carryon Johnson's been pretty dangerous out Car- of the backfield. Yeah, Carryon Johnson's not bad either. Um, here's the thing. Carryon Johnson, so far this year, 28 carries and 90 yards. Dalvin Cook has almost 300 yards in the first two games. Well, he's not human. <laughs> Not quite good enough. Oh, I remember there what I was going to say. boy. See? Now, let me finish. Yeah. Shut down Kenny Galladay. <laughs> Make Matthew Stafford spread the ball around to the other guys. Um, he is that you know, ace in the hole for the Lions, especially on offense. So, slow him down and, um, you know, whatever Doug's going to come up with on offense. But if, if you let Kenny have that those big couple plays throughout the game – you know, things could start to get dicey and you start to have a shootout type of game. You don't want to see that. Yeah. And you mentioned you were talking about getting Howard more involved in you know, like on passing downs and on passing plays. Uh, Doug recently, I don't know if it was Doug or somebody talking about Doug's comments, um, mentioned when Sproles comes into the game, what does the defense think is going to happen? Pass plus. Yes. Right. When my uh Miles Sanders comes in the game, you know, it was Doug saying this because Doug was trying to say um, that when Miles is on the field, you don't know if they're running or passing. It's you know, right. it's more indecisive when Howard's they're, they're, in the game. Like, you know, it's like running. The, yeah, they're playing like the Belichick type of game where they have three or four backs, and it's like, well, one of them does this well, one of them does that well, and then the other two you just don't know. So. It's kind of the way they've been playing it now, but yeah. And Doug like was basically saying it. that to justify how much, how many targets and snaps Miles Sanders got. So, just a little side note: 
building on what you said, 100% think, you know, they Sproles runs the ball all the time. They have that those plays built in for him. But 90% of the time, you know he's on the field. It's going to be pass. They need to work Howard in so they can get him in the field more and not just on those running downs because that's just you're building a tendency and defensive coordinators are going to pick up on that. So Yeah, and, it, and the first couple of weeks, they've gotten themselves into situations where they go down early, they're starting slow. You, you know, you're invested in the pass game, you know, a million percent. So sometimes these backs don't get, like, the attention they should as far as running the ball. Um, and we've seen a decrease in numbers from the rushing perspective of a, of the Eagles' offense. Um, so I'd like to see this game stay close early, and maybe they're able to establish that run to kind of help Carson and this depleted uh, pass, uh, pass offense that they have right now. And Doug's going to have to get awfully creative this week. Um, the offensive line needs to get back to what they you know, are known for, big, phys- you know, big physical, keeping Carson upright. I think 100% has to be the main goal for this game, for the offensive line, not just don't give up any sacks. No hits. Like You can't give guys free shots to your quarterback's ribs. I don't care who you are. And I don't know if you noticed on the broadcast when that happened, they were like, oh my God, is Carson Wentz hurt? Will he be out for the year? Oh my God, (laughs) Carson Wentz got hit by a defensive player. He's probably broken. I mean, when you're wearing that flak jacket, though, and you still reach for your ribs, like there is reason to be concerned there. Well, he said he got the wind knocked out of him. Yeah, I know, but it's still like one of those, oh my God, moments. Like you don't don't ever want to see your quarterback, you know, with the the grief on his face, just grimacing and holding on to his ribs. Never a good look, but thankfully he's okay. Yes, sir. And the defense is going to have to just play out of their mind. You mentioned the weapons. They got Galladay, Marvin Jones Jr., Kerryon Johnson, and we know Stafford's history. We know what he likes to do, and it's just to get out there and sling the football around. He's going to take chances. These young, especially the young defensive backs, are going to have to make the plays when they're there. One of the things we talked about going into Atlanta was they had to like make those interceptions, not pass breakups, and they did. And I just like to see them carry that over and get another one this week, even if it's, you know, caused by the rush it doesn't matter just those like I feel like turnovers come in bunches like you can get hot a decent defense can get hot and just every week it seems like they're you know pick here two picks here fumble sack fumbles the Eagles last year especially were just so limited on defense that there wasn't many sack fumbles there wasn't many fumbles interceptions We've already had a few already, three against Matt Ryan. So I just like to see the defense really take advantage of Stafford's kind of wild play sometimes. Absolutely. To quote Sean Lamont. Absolutely. Blow my mind, guy. (laughs) One of the best interviews ever. You want to tell that story? We, uh, well, that whole day was just so weird. Yes, us, uh, so this song that you guys are going to play, uh, someone else, tell me what it's about. Sean goes, well, it's about someone else. And this radio DJ just goes, whoa, blow my mind, guy. Meanwhile, after we played the song, he tried to announce that they were playing the song, uh, Ocean Avenue by Yellow Card. And he said, hey, this is Yellow Card with Ocean Avenue. Or... Vice oh, versa. Right. <laughs> this is Ocean Avenue with yellow card. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just like, what the, who the fuck His mind this was guy? blown. <laughs> yeah. We, we did. We blew his mind completely. Like, and that song uh, was meant to be, like, about somebody else, and the effects and stuff that we used on the vocals was to make it sound like it was somebody different. But I was like, literally, like, what it, what it was. Like, this is from a perspective of someone else. Like, 
don't know don't know how to explain it more than that but anyway birthday news in the mashed potato land yeah. <laughs> turns out the Minnesota Vikings are hosting the Oakland Raiders the Raiders the Raiders uh, John Gruden coming into Minnesota where it all started for him Gruden I don't know ball. if that's true I just said it uh, I think he was a coach for the yeah. Eagles Oh my God! I I can't. Here's the only reason that I can feel bad about this game: the Vikings all time, all time. It's all time, all time. Five and ten against the Raiders. The only reason I can feel bad about this game, just the odds are not in our favor. But these two teams haven't played each other since November of 2015, so it's been a minute about about two, three and a half years. I don't know which one of those was correct, but it's one of those. Uh, but but here's the thing: Minnesota's at home. All right. Looking at this Raiders defense, I think Dalvin Cook's gonna have about 500 yards on the season after this one's done. He's got 265 so far, so you can do the math on that one. They don't that their defense just isn't that good. Their best defensive player is a rookie. Jonathan Abrams, and he's not going to play this week. So, for me, I just, I think a heavy dose of Dalvin Cook, like, no problem, no pressure, should, you know, should really get this offense moving in the right direction. But again, I talk about they don't have a lot of studs on defense. Um, so, I think when you're not running the ball, you open up the opportunity here. Kirk Cousins, maybe get comfortable Maybe not play the game like a complete dickhead. His completion percentage is barely by one pass over 50% so far this year. That's not good. That's not good at all. We don't want to see that. Uh, furthermore, as far as the defense is concerned, oh, who, who who they got for weapons? Who the Raiders got for weapons? You know who the leading receiver is for, for the Raiders this year? Uh, is it Tyrell Williams? Oh, yeah, it is. You're right. Boom! Yeah. He caught 11 balls, so shut him down. Josh balls. Jacobs, he's the leading rusher. Uh, rookie. Uh, they really don't have anything else other than that. But Derek Carr, he, I mean, he's not that great. He really isn't. And I don't think this team, despite them being 1-1, one one, same record as the Vikings, I really don't think there should be any trouble here. But again, we go back to last year when they played the Buffalo Bills, and I thought this is going to be a rollover game. Turned out to not be. Um, but I, I just don't I, – I can't imagine a scenario where uh, the Vikings struggle to win this game. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. I think a heavy dose of Dalvin Cook – and you just play defense the way that they're able to play defense and cut down on the penalties a little bit. I think this is a great week to do that because, you know, I talked about in the last episode, you know, all the missed opportunities they had putting points on the board, but they also had eight penalties for a hundred yards. That's terrible because you're having penalties in the wrong situations there. When you only have eight penalties for a hundred yards, you have a lot of those 15 yard guys. Maybe some some uh, pass interferences here and there. You got to cut that out. So, be more disciplined. This is a team that you're better than. You should win this game. So go out there, perform the way that they should. Yeah, I like that. I like I like lots of Dalvin Cook and lots of Madison in this game. Yeah, that guy's you pretty good too. Just give Kurt some some easy, you know. Some easy throws just to get his confidence up and then pound the rock. Some quick, easy throws, pound the rock, pound the rock. Yeah. You're, you know what's really funny? Um, I know that uh, D. Floyd Bill, his uh, you know, main agenda was to get the pass game going last year. And remember Adam Thielen had like the first like six games of the season was over 100 yards receiving. Yep. He has 118 through two <laughs> this year. He caught eight balls. Like you, you want to talk about how they have changed up this offense uh, 
to what like Zimmer really wants them to do, like that speaks volumes because even watching some of these uh some of the replays from the Green Bay game, I was like, man, Thielen was in some real good like situational matchups on some of these running plays, and it it kind of baffled me that Cousins didn't check out of the run to go for the pass because he could have had like easy 30, 40 yard, you know, passes to him. So I, I don't know. Like maybe they're telling him, you know, don't do that. Just listen. This is the play we want to run and that's it. But yeah, especially for me, Kirk Cousins has played so bad last week. It, it can't get worse. It can't get worse. And you're playing against, a, you know, a far less talented team than Green Bay. So like how couldn't they lose this game? Can can Kirk Cousins be worse than he was last week? Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> that makes two of us. <laughs> All right, then. You got anything else? Mm, no. All right. And the last one we got to look at will be the Los Angeles Rams traveling. <laughs> to you tried really hard on that one. <laughs> I'm going to play the Browns. Get baked. We should get uh, the Miz on 7-on-7s. That would be fun. Or Johnny Gargano. Is he a Browns fan too? Yep. All right. I'll make it happen. All right. I'll wait. (laughs) All right. We're back with Johnny Gargano. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) Happy birth of your child day present, Stephen. We interview, interviewed Johnny Gargano without you. <laughs> oh, he'd be so mad. I mean, he's happy, but I know he'd be upset that we did this on <laughs> this specific week. All right. Rams coming back east again. They were, our, what they, were they on the road this week? Who'd they play? They played the no, Saints. No, they played the Saints in L.A. Uh, it was in L.A.? Okay. So they went to Carolina. Then back to L.A., now back to Cleveland. I don't think the travel will affect them at all. Traveling isn't the same as it used to be. I don't think it's really that much of an advantage anymore. The Eagles go out west and stomp teams. So, Rams coming to the Browns. I'll tell you, the Rams are one of the only NFC teams that feels like they picked up where they left off last year. Everybody expected them to be, you know, a high-quality, high-speed offense. And they pretty much have proved through two weeks they are still there. Yeah, like, I expected them to take a step back. Like, I figured, all right, well, everybody knows what they want to do now. And, you know, you can make adjustments. And maybe they just haven't gone up against the, the type of talent in this league that could, you know, make a difference. I don't know, they still scored 27 against the Saints, but, you know, their defense just has always been questionable for me. But they struggled week one against the Panthers. I felt like you let the Panthers just hang around in that game. Um, I mean, it should be interesting. Like, Honestly, it's Sunday night game, so another primetime game for the, for the Browns, you know, back-to-back weeks. For me, with the... <laughs> Just speaking of this Browns offensive line, I sound like a broken record because this is all I ever talk about when I talk about the Browns, but can you slow down Aaron Donald? Because you saw the way that Miles Garrett ate up the Jets uh, this past week. I feel like you could be in a situation where Aaron Donald eats up this uh, this Cleveland offensive line. So, you, I mean, offensively, you have to slow him down. Whatever it is you're going to do, you bring in an extra back or whatever to to help out there. But, you know, stopping that pass rush, keeping Baker protected in the pocket, not running for his life is crucial in this game. Because the, you know, the L.A. Rams, just like you said before, their offense looks like it did last year. You know that this is a team that if they're clicking on all cylinders, they can put up 45 points, no problem. I don't. I haven't seen that from the Browns yet, just because they don't have that protection. They haven't found that balance. Um, we saw that one big play 
So there's the potential, but you got to expand on that. And for me, it's just it's hard to see this Browns team uh, early on with all this hype built around them contend with you know such a potent offense. This is going to be the game for the Browns to show where they are as a team. It's either going to be a letdown or a F you to the doubters like we're a legit contender. Yeah, you're looking this, for that holy shit moment. Yeah, this game really comes at, I think, an opportunistic time for the Browns because of Roethlisberger being down. Baltimore is a serious threat in that division, but that's one less of those more threatening teams you were worried about. I really think this is a two-team race now with Roethlisberger down. So if the Browns can put everything together, like you had the week one debacle, Week two, you came out against a bad team and you won big, which is what you're supposed to do against bad teams. But now you have you know, the NFC representative in the previous Super Bowl. You have a high-flying Rams offense. Can you score with them? Can you stop them from scoring? You know, can you win at home against you know, a legit you know, top-tier team? A lot of, I think... Win or lose, people are going to hype it way too high or be way too dramatic with a loss. Yeah, this is, I mean, so they kind of put up a stinker week one all around. Um, You mean that that Titans game in week one, like you hung around for the first three quarters and then it's like everybody went to sleep. Everybody forgot they were playing. You know, this past week, they played against a Jets team that was just decimated by injury and talent. So here you go. Like, here's your first, like, real test. You're playing a legitimate playoff contender, maybe even Super Bowl contender. They were there last year. So, like, this is the measuring stick. This is going to tell you everything you need to know about this Browns team. And... How Freddie Kitchens prepares his team for this game is crucial because if they're not ready, then this is going to be just a nightmare game and you're going to want to shut it off at halftime. So we'll see what happens. And I'm surprised that the Rams are only a three-point favorite on the road, even though it's on the road. I'm surprised that it's a three-point favorite because to me so far the Browns haven't showed anything that respects them essentially being like a touchdown favorite at home. I think this is the Nick Chubb breakout game. I mean, he had a really good game last night against the well, Jets. That's good because he, he's on my fantasy team too. So I have a feeling this is a 150 plus two plus touchdown. Just seem for me like, so has there been any report about what happened to Njoku? Is he, did he I, get listed on something? Like an injury report or anything? Well, they didn't put theirs out yet. I didn't know if they like made a statement about what happened because I know he like landed on his noggin. Yeah, I think he was in concussion protocol. Because for me, just if I'm, if I'm coaching the Rams, I'm like, well, I don't want... I, I know Odell Beckham is able to do just incredible things at any time during this game, so I don't want him to touch the ball. So I want to shut him down. So now you're looking to those other guys, Jarvis Landry, um, Nick Chubb, to uh, to make big plays. So, like you said, this is a Nick Chubb breakout game. That's exactly what they need. Because you, to beat this potent offense, control the ball. And Nick Chubb and Johnson and that running attack would be phenomenal. But can you block that Los Angeles front? That's a big deal. Yeah, and I wonder how Aaron Donald will be. He left the game with a back injury last week, but he ended up coming back. So I'm just curious if that will have any effect on him. But yeah, it should be interesting for sure. Well, I don't know. This is this is going to be an uphill battle for the Browns, but it'd be awesome if they could pull it off because I'd love to see the Rams knock down a peg. Oh, what a what an I mean, it's an upset as far as the line is concerned right now, but. Yeah, this would be just a... You talk about a confidence booster for your team. 
man, you just beat the NFC champions from a year ago. You got to feel real good about yourself if you can do that. So they need like Freddie Kitchens has to have this team ready to go a thousand percent. You know, everybody needs to buy in and just be super hyped around this game and stop with the boneheaded stuff too. A lot of penalties, a lot of penalties for this this Browns team. Yeah. And Miles Garrett, stop jumping. Man. Like, you don't need to do that. You don't need to do that. You're far more talented than a lot of those guys that are trying to block you. So just go out there, get to the quarterback, you know, and wreak havoc on him. You don't have to jump the line. You don't have to jump the snap. You're better than that, and you're stronger than most of those guys that are trying to block you. So their success, you know, runs through that defense and their ability to get pressure. So Miles Garrett just need to be a little bit smarter and, you know, coach him up to just don't – you don't have to do that. All right. That's going to do it for the previews. And you want to know something really awesome, Soup? It's not What's awesome. That? It's kind of terrible. We forgot to do studs and duds on episode 47. <laughs> Good for us. We rule. Thanks, Congratulations. Steven. Yeah. What happens? You get distracted by babies. <laughs> but, but you know what it is time for. Let's get to the pick'em. Hey, pick'em, that's the name of the game. Snatching winners every week like a turnover chain. Uh picking spreads over under long shots. Ha! You know we got it cause our bank rolls on top. Alright. Uh real quick week two recap of the pick'em. We had the JPP Deathmatch Vikings at Packers. The Packers were a three and a half, excuse me, three point favorite over under 44.5. Correct answer would have been Packers under. Steve, we both went with the Vikes and didn't get it, bud. Dude, I sucked this week. It was really bad. Yeah, you were. But Steven was not because he got the Packers and the under. Cha-ching, three point play. The public also got the Packers, but they took the over, so. You know, the Vikings scored all those points they left on the field. This would have been a Vikings over, so I'm just saying. Bastards. All right, Browns at Jets. Browns three-point favorite demolished the Jets. Over-under was 45. Under and Browns, both me, Steven, and the public with the three-point play. Steve got the Browns for the one. I don't really know what I was smoking when I decided the over <laughs> here. Uh, I guess if I had known that Sam Darnold had mononucleosis, I probably would have taken the under, but eh, it is what it is. Yeah. Oh, well. And then Eagles at Falcons. Eagles two-point favorite, 51 over under. Falcons and under would have been correct. Nobody got it fully correct. Steven and Steve both hit the under, though. In the travesty of the week, Saints at Rams really sucks to see Drew Brees go down. Was it six to eight weeks? I heard he's out. Yeah, I think that's right about the timetable. Um, I mentioned on the last uh, episode that I was upset with the referees. Uh, biggest issue, and it doesn't make a difference as far as the uh, over under is concerned. Might have made a difference, you know, as far as the outcome of the game. Uh, just given what happened, but so there is a strip sack on on uh, Jared Goff. The ball gets knocked out of his hand before he starts throwing, and as he moves his arm through, he kind of like punches the ball down the field, so it looked like he got something on it. And Cam Jordan picks the ball up, runs like eighty six yards or whatever it was for a touchdown. Should have been a touchdown. The play gets blown dead when he's like at the forty yard line or whatever. Uh, terrible. Listen, as the referees are concerned, you're told in that situation where it's a 50-50, we don't know what happened, let the play play out, and you can go back and review it. All turnovers, all scoring plays are reviewed. Allow them to play out, and then you can go back and correct it. For them to blow the whistle, just a travesty. As far as this, like the whole officiating crew all over the league, just making these dumb calls over and over again, and it needs to stop. This one was just fuel on the fire, though, because it was the Saints, again, against the Rams, again. Yeah. And it had, 
you know, some not as blatant repercussions, but it had some effect on the outcome of the game. Yeah, I know. Like we 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 were talking, like watching the game all together, texting back and forth, and we're like, "Listen, they're never gonna hit the over with Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback the way that they're calling the offense right now." Yeah, he looked and, like a lost puppy. And even then, like the way that McVay was calling the game was like they weren't in a hurry to score any points either. They were just like, "We know they got their backup quarterback in there. Let's just go ahead and score a couple touchdowns, and we'll be fine." So. Uh, that Drew Brees injury sucks so bad. I I picked the Saints to go to the Super Bowl, not expecting you know something like this to happen. Accidental contact between uh, Brees and Aaron Donald's hands, and this sucks bad uh, to watch Drew Brees walk over and try to pick up a football, and he's just in so much pain he can't carry it. That uh, that it's so bad. It's so terrible, especially this late in his career. Yep. Um, you it's just crazy what it does to the him. whole outlook. Yeah, that division, the conference, everything. It's yeah, just, that once it opens up it up grabs. a lot. Yeah. All right, so the Rams were two-and-a-half-point favorite, 53 over under. And the correct answer, Rams under three-point play for the public. Uh, Steven and I both hit the under. So after the week two slate standings currently... The public and Steven tied with 11 points. I have seven points, and Steve is in the basement with just six. That sucks being tied for the lead after week one. (laughs) Let's go ahead and hop into week three and see if we can't get some redemption on that. Yeah, I mean, we're looking ahead. Raiders, Vikings, uh, Vikings, nine-point favorite right now. I can't help but think that they win this game by at least a couple touchdowns. But we have no idea, you know, how these games sort of uh, play out sometimes. Over under 43. Here's the thing. I don't think that the Raiders have any weapon on offense that should give the Vikings some fits. But I think they'll have a little bit of uh, offensive success because at the same time, they have trouble on defense. So I'm going to take the Vikings but I'm also going to take the under. And I think the Vikings are just going to hold the Raiders to like six, nine points this week. So Vikings under, calling it. I agree with you. I think this is, I know I said it, kind of said it earlier, but I think this is a Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, ball control and clock, you know, big, long drives, just chew up clock there's no way I see this game going over 43 unless something really bad happens on defense for the Vikings. So I'll take Vikings and under. And I mean, nine point spread. It's a pretty big spread, but oof. Yeah, it's a touchdown and a uh, touchdown and a field goal if you can make them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah true. Uh, Steven's taking the Raiders and the points. So. He doesn't necessarily think the Vikings will lose, but he doesn't think they'll cover. So he's also taking the under, so that makes sense. And then currently the public is 90.61% on the Vikings. Man. I thought that number would be a little higher against the Raiders, but... I mean, 9 out of 10 guys. Yeah. I'll take it. All right. All right, all right, all right, all right. And over as well. Vikings and over. So we go to the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field. Probably not frozen yet. Uh, but the donks are coming to face the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Broncos coming into Lambeau. Packers are eight-point favorite at home, 43 over under. Old Cheesy McCheese Dad is going to take Green Bay and the over. That's Steven taking Green Bay and the over. Apparently expecting a lot of points there, Steven. Yeah, I mean, they only put up 21 points against the Vikings in the first quarter. That sounds like a recipe for the over for me. I'm taking Green Bay and the over uh, against this Broncos, uh, Broncos team, but... I type Green Boy. <laughs> so, good for me. Yeah. Green Bay and the over. 
And uh, the public taking the Packers at 96.9%. That is the highest of the week. And uh, over as well. And I really want to just say Packers under and move on. But I don't know. I'm going to go with the Packers and I'm going with the under. But I just am concerned that the Broncos can, you know, spoil that. I mean, yeah. It's just, it, like, like, I can both, see a backdoor. This Vikings, is my backdoor cover scare. Yeah, both of these Vikings backers, again, 43 points. It's not a lot. You see one of these 23-21 games, and suddenly, you know, you, you lose that under bet. So, um, it's weird. It, it's tough to pick against. So, we'll see We'll see what happens. Uh, this Them getting over 43 is just, uh, you know... Does the Broncos' offense find any success? That's the only way that we get to that over. So I, uh, or Green Bay's offense is just killing it. I called the over just because I think uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to find a way to exploit what they do on defense. All right. All right. There it is. The famous Sean Lamont. All right. Detroit Lions coming into Philadelphia. Eagles six and a half point favorite at home. Over under is forty six and a half. Stevens taking the Eagles and the over. This is another one where I thinking about taking the Lions and the points. But I'm just gonna be a homer and I'm gonna say Eagles, but due to the injuries, I'm gonna go with the under because I think Doug wants to get off to a fast start, build up some sort of lead, and just try to pound the clock and just take the Lions' offense completely out of the game where they don't get many possessions, hopefully a turnover or two, and really just shorten this game and get out of there as healthy as possible. Yeah, uh, you're speaking to that. Given the, the injuries and everything, I'm taking the Lions, and I'm going to take the under. I still think the Eagles win this game. I just don't think it's by a touchdown. Um, just this is what the Lions want to do: put the ball in Stafford's hands and let him make plays. So, um, I don't, yeah, forty-six and a half. I don't think it's quite going to be there. Just given what the Eagles have for them available, um, they'll they'll probably win by three or four points. But yeah, I'll take the uh, take the Lions and the under. Twenty-four twenty type of game. That's what I see. Right. Maybe I should change it to the Lions. <laughs> no, I'm gonna stick well, with it. It's it's hard. Like the the hardest part of this is like you don't want to bet against your team because you're like, no, nah, they're they're totally better than them. Like they'll win by that. Yeah, I I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna leave it. I'm gonna stay with the Eagles. Stay with the under. Uh, public Eagles eighty nine point eight five percent on the Eagles and the over. As well, final game on the slate is the Rams at the Browns. Rams three-point road favorites, forty-nine and a half over under. Uh, public. So for go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just gonna public. say the public is on the Rams at eighty-nine point five seven percent and the over. Uh, so for me, I'm taking the Rams. I think they're going to win this game. Now, here's the thing. As far as the over-under is concerned, uh, the Browns' offense put up 23 points against the Jets. Um, that That's underachieving in my book. You're playing a better defense this week. So, look at it. Last week, uh, the Rams playing the Saints. Probably better defensive overall squad than the Browns are. They, they put up 27 uh, against the Saints. So I'm going to go with the under because if you take those two scores together, that's 50 points. So I don't I don't quite see uh, the Browns having that offensive success that they did putting up only 23 against uh, the Jets team. Uh, they struggled, you know, in and out. And if not for that 89-yard touchdown, they, they would score 16 against the Jets. So I just don't I don't see it. 
Steven's taking Rams and under for the same reasons as you are. He told me just now. I, however, am taking the Rams and the over. I feel like even if the Rams were to get up 24 to 6 or so, that the Rams are the type of team to allow a couple late scores in garbage time. And I can see the Browns being able to put up at least 20, 23 points. I don't see any reason why the Rams can't hit 30. So just by that, they're over there. So going to go with Rams over on that one. Further news in the mashed potato land. Guess what, Soupy? We did it. Hey, we're right about there, huh? We made it through another episode. This was episode 48 of the Joint Practices Podcast. Really thank you for guys for listening. Appreciate it. One more thing real quick. We have this podcast, right? So we are able to see different stats and information on the podcast. I have to tell you, every single week, there is a download and a listen from someone in Clifton, New Jersey. Mr. Clifton or Mrs. Clifton, New Jersey, whoever you are, hit us up on Twitter at Joint Practices. We want you to come talk with us. Yeah, that's that's the potential for two different teams right there. You don't know, is that Jets? Is that Giants? Do you like one of these teams? Are you listening just because you want to hear the gossip on the Eagles? That there could be there too. But hey, just because we have an Eagles fan on the podcast doesn't mean we couldn't talk to another Eagles fan. Kind of nice. Yeah. Like, do you have the ability to use Skype? Do you want to have your own episode on uh, the Joint Practices Podcast? Because, hey, we'll make it happen. The it's a it's a real fun time. Like, real interesting. We love to talk football with anybody who wants to talk football. Like I mentioned before, I get guys that come up to me all the time at work, and they're like, what do you think about this game? And I'm just like, are you asking me only because I do a podcast? But I know nothing. <laughs> like, <laughs> all right, yeah, let's talk about it. But I... I genuinely love to talk football with anybody who is a football fan. So no matter who you are, no matter who you enjoy watching and rooting for, uh, get get in contact in contact with us. You know, and we'll, we'll get you on. We'll get you on. We'll uh, we'll have your own episode. It'd be a lot of fun. Don't even care. You Patriots fan? We already had a Patriots fan. Yeah, but you like the Saints? Hey, that's fine. We had another Saints fan. You like the Vikings? Yeah, I, I'd love to shake hands with you. You know, maybe we'll meet up in real life. We can watch a game, and it'll probably be terrible, but it's we'll fine. Miss a kick. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Again, God. that's at Joint Practices on Twitter, at Joint Practices, or you can hit up at 11thegoat. That's myself. Steve is at the Knox Says, into Baby Daddy, cuddling that beautiful little girl at Steven JPP. Hit us up. You can, if you're friends with us, you know, send us a text, give us a call. Give us a voicemail. Send us a postcard with a picture of a chipmunk riding a snowmobile. <laughs> Whatever you got, man. Just get Assign in touch with us. Assign us a B7 us. even if you want to. It's fine. <laughs> no, and, and no matter where you're listening, uh, maybe you're on iTunes podcast. It's a great app. Great app, by the way. I, I find a lot of really good uh, Vikings podcasts on there that I enjoy listening to. Uh, shout out to... Uh, it used to be the skull hole. I don't know what they call it anymore. They changed it because they're no longer uh, draft season related. But um, yeah, you, maybe you're on Google Play. You like Google Play podcast? Go ahead. We're on there too. Used to be on uh, what the hell was that other one? Beanpod. There it is. Yeah, wherever you're listening, you know, rate it. It's five stars, guaranteed. Not even a question. Get Shug money on the mic. It's five stars. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Maybe write a review. Subscribe. You'll get that. Uh, you get that nice little notification every single week when we post. Uh, you know, our two episodes now. Two episodes a week. Pretty nice. Pretty nice. Listen to us talk. You can even uh, tweet us this week using the hashtag Wipe the Butt. Because why not, right? We're talking about babies. You gotta wipe the butt, right? You gotta keep it clean. But let us know that you're listening. <laughs> uh, you know, we we'd like to hear more from uh, from our audience. Anybody who's listening to this podcast, uh, we have a lot of fun doing this. You know, we'd like to extend that and 
talk about you know our interactions on social media uh, with anybody who is uh, listening to these podcasts. So please hashtag wipe the butt for for this episode, episode number forty-seven. Forty-eight. Forty-eight. <laughs> oh, oh well. Yeah, episode forty-eight. Tweet us. Clifton, like where someone. you at? Clifton, New Jersey. Clifton, Miss Clifton, Miss Clifton, Miss Clifton. Mrs. Griffin. Oh. Alright, baby, fly, goes fly. Yes, go. I gain something about the Packers. Go, Pack. Podbean! <laughs> Get baked. <laughs>